you pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there anything here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. So we know that in the Jewish tabernacle, there were a lot of priests mm-hmm. doing a lot of work, coming and going. Who do, how right. do we know who the high priest was? Oh, well, the high priest had some really elaborate clothing, lots of colors. Oh, and rich and gold and jewels, and his clothing meant something. Yes, it was really significant, and God's teaching us a great truth, and we'll see it again today on, on More Than, Than Ink. Well, hello, this is Jim. And this is Dorothy. And you have tuned in to More Than Ink. And... Uh, and we are having a delightful time working our way through Exodus. And we're and getting to the end. We're getting very close <laughs> to the end. Yeah, we have looked forward to, to this portion of Exodus for a long time. We've got all the instructions, how to build a tabernacle, how to deck out the priest. I mean, we've been looking at all the should stuff. And then last week, we built a lot of stuff in the week before. Well, yeah, and then we had the list, the final accounting of what all was spent on uh, what, that's right. how much gold, silver, bronze. Yeah, uh, yeah. And kind of was the, the signed receipt for all of the, the materials. Metal, the medals list, the yeah. millions of dollars the in gold record. and silver. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and then I mentioned last time that we still had we still had one more item to finish making that had nothing to do with the tabernacle or the courtyard of the tabernacle. It had to do with the high priest. Yeah, but it has everything to do with yes. where he serves. Yes. So we'll talk a little bit more about that maybe at the end, but uh, but let's just get them clothed. What do you say? So if you're <laughs> if you're reading with us and we're reading out of the ESV version, we're starting chapter thirty nine, and uh, and this is the this is the last of the things that have to be made before we can actually contemplate putting up the tabernacle and running the tabernacle. So we do that today. So you want to start with this? Sure. In fact, I, as I recall here, this is the handiwork of Aholiab, right? Because he was the guy who was big into the textiles and the design and so on. Right. Now we're right. heavy textiles. So right. let's see what happens. He was in charge of the soft things. The it soft seems, things. Like <laughs> the embroidery and the design. <laughs> right. Okay, so kind of it picks up right at the end of that materials list of all the, the hardware. Yeah. And then right in verse 1, And from the blue and purple and scarlet yarns, they made finely woven garments for ministering in the holy place. They made the holy garments for Aaron as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, do you want to get right into the the garments? You got anything to say about that beginning? That's it. So this holy place required specific clothing of the high priest who was going to serve there. Right, and and it's uh, and it is as specified and detailed as the design of the entire tabernacle. It's very detailed, which is really interesting. And and it's interesting here that in chapter thirty nine we get all of the things that that we were told about back in chapter 28. Right. But in 28, we get this little kind of commentary as to why or mm-hmm, what happens mm-hmm. regarding these pieces of clothing. Here, we don't get that. We just get the description. Yeah. But the reason I said that is because when it says, and they made the holy garments for Aaron as the Lord had commanded Moses, back in chapter 28, verse 2, the Lord had said, and make that for glory and for beauty. Yeah, glory and beauty. Right? Yeah. So glory, the idea being recognition Mm-hmm. And, and shining beauty. So um, 
you know, as we are reading through this, it kind of makes me think of creating almost like a wedding gown. It's very mm-hmm. detailed. It's mm-hmm. purpose-made garment. Yeah. And if you're wearing that, you're only doing what that garment signifies. For, right? for that, Yeah, it is for that particular thing, that event, that, yeah. that happening, yeah. And it's and, very specifically detailed. For yeah, that. yeah. And, uh, and, and here as well, we understand that in God's specifications for not only the tabernacle, but the clothing of the high priest, He's telling us something. Mm-hmm. So we'll recall right. some of that here because because Aaron is going to be decked out with kind of a, a, a graphic novel of information for the people of Israel. Everything he wears is means something. Yeah. So let's start with the ephod. Okay. Here we go. Verse, verse two. two, the ephod. He made the ephod of gold, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. And they hammered out gold leaf and he cut it into threads to work into the blue and purple and scarlet yarns and into the fine twined linen in skilled design. They made for the ephod attaching shoulder pieces joined to it at its two edges, and the skillfully woven band on it was of one piece with it, and made like it of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Yeah, let's stop there before we get to this stuff. (laughs) Well, you know, I I noticed I had gone back to Exodus 28 to check the specification, and uh, and one thing that was different that's mentioned here, which I was surprised by, uh, in, in verse three, the hammered out gold yeah, leaf. Yeah, the gold leaf yeah. actually worked into the fibers. Worked into the fibers. And I went back, when you look at Exodus 28, uh, like verse six, it says, and they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue and purple and scarlet yarns. So it, it, I would always read that to mean like gold colored yarn, but he says the ephod of gold, no, actually comma, gold. of blue, purple. So they so they moved, they actually put, they, they hammered it out. wove it into. Really small and wove it into. Cut it into threads yeah, and worked it in. That is very cool. How meticulous is that? Oh, and how beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, really cool, and and you'll notice that the uh, the stock of the colored yarns matches mm-hmm. also the colored yarns that are used for all the other great tapestries, in, right? In the tabernacle right. and in the uh, you know and going and coming places, you know the gates. So I can't think of the name for that. What do they call that? The um, the entry. The entry. Is that what you're yeah. About? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doorway of the entry. The doorway, well, yeah. you know um, the emphasis on the. The, the purple and the scarlet and the blue, these are colors that are associated with royalty and mm-hmm, luxury. Mm-hmm. These yeah. were expensive dyes, not something your average person wore. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. I'm, you know, I was thinking today that Aaron probably had never been dressed like this in his life. Oh, heavens no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they left Egypt kind of as slaves, and we don't know that they brought any hot, fancy fashion statement Egypt clothing with them. They probably were still in slave clothing. But they were clearly carrying the the materials but they had the materials yeah yeah okay so it's we've begun this little repetition here that at the end of each section it says as the lord had commanded moses yes you know i don't know if you noticed this jim but going through this chapter these first 30 verses that is repeated seven times. Yeah, I know. In the yeah. in the description of, of clothing yeah, the high priest yeah. and making his garment, and I'm thinking that, you know, we run, when we find something repeated seven times in the scripture, that's telling us something. It's yeah. telling us this is the complete thing. Yeah. This is the whole thing, the yeah. whole story. Well, we've already passed one of them in verse one, right, you know, right. as the Lord had commanded Moses. So that's just another way of saying this is according to the, the design well, that we got back in 28. Well, this is obedience in every detail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Well, let's okay, let's put so some stones on. Now this thing. there's this this next piece, and they made the onyx stones enclosed in settings of gold filigree and engraved like the engravings of a signet, according to the names of the sons of Israel. That was verse six, mm-hmm. seven, and he set them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod to be stones of remembrance for the sons of Israel, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Yeah, so this is interesting looking. As we, you know, we recall it. Uh, these are black stones, onyx. Uh, polished, probably polished, and uh, and it has written on them the names of the tribes. Right, and they go yeah. on his shoulders. On his shoulders. So, you know, my visualization of that is that they're facing upward. Yeah, I would He's think so. He's bearing them on the top of his shoulders, and that actually is what, what it says back in chapter 28. Mm-hmm. Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on right. his two shoulders Bears their for names. a memorial. Yeah. So, you know, on your shoulders is where you carry... A burden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you carry your child, maybe, on your shoulders. We carried our kids that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just kind of a, it's an interesting picture. Yeah, I was looking at, in ancient times, it was always the place of, of work. You mm-hmm. know, you bear right. things on your shoulders, right. you carry stuff. And so uh, so when it says he's bearing their names, he's, he's actually, he's carrying a burden into the presence of God. Because remember, his job right. is to come and go into the presence of God. So it very clearly symbolizes the fact that here is the precious 12 tribes of Israel, and he's bearing something about them into the presence of God. And isn't it interesting that they're on onyx? So they're on a black stone. Black, right. Being born by the high priest. Yep. With their names facing upwards. Right? With their names facing upwards. Symbolically, where God is looking right, down. Where yeah. God is looking down. Yeah. So the so you could say quite literally, one of the roles of the high priest is to bear the burden yes. of the sins. Let's say of the nation of yes. Israel. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of his role. It's what he does. And here it is symbolically right there in the onyx stones. And it's all it's all kind of connected together with the ephod. So we're still dealing with this this piece of the garment that was called right, the ephod. Right. So verse 8, he made the breast piece. And in, in chapter 28, it's called the breast piece of judgment. Mm-hmm. So he made the breast piece in skilled work in the style of the ephod of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen. It was square. They made the breast piece doubled, a span its length and a span its breadth when doubled. So it was sort of a pouch or right. a pocket. Kind of, yeah. Okay, verse 10. And they set in it four rows of stones. A row of sardius, topaz, and carbuncle was in the first row. And the second row, an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They were enclosed in settings of gold filigree. There were twelve stones with their names according to the names of the sons of Israel. They were like signets, each engraved with its name for the twelve tribes, and they made on the dress on the breastpiece twisted chains like cords of pure gold. And they made two settings of gold filigree and two gold rings and put the two rings on the edges of the breastpiece and they put the two cords of gold in the two rings at the edges of the breastpiece. Mm-hmm. They attached the two ends of the two cords to the two settings of filigree and thus they attached it in front to the shoulder pieces of the ephod. So it's, this is a pretty detailed description of yeah. actually how the thing was hung together. It's got to be well attached. Then they made two rings of gold and put them at the two ends of the breastpiece on it on its inside edge next to the ephod. And they made two rings of gold and attached them in front to the lower part of the two shoulder pieces of the ephod at its seam above the skillfully woven band of the ephod. 
And they bound the breastpiece to his rings and to the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue so that it would lie uh, lie on the skillfully woven band of the ephod and that the breastpiece should not come loose <laughs> from the ephod as the Lord had commanded Should not Moses. come loose. Yeah, there's a whole section here about oh, how you attach it so it doesn't fall off. It's very clear that it's yeah. not going anywhere. Well, and think how embarrassing it would be if Aaron's marching by you, you know, and you're saying, look, honey, there's our stone for our tribe. And it pops out <laughs> onto the ground and go, oh, no, God rejected us. So the thing's got to, I mean, I'm being a little silly here, but I mean, it's got to hold together and, and be actually a part of his outward costume that doesn't come off. Well, and its location is very important. Yes. Because while it's not referenced here, back in chapter 28, it mm-hmm. says in verse 29 of Exodus 28, and Aaron shall carry the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment over his heart, over his heart. when he enters the holy place yeah. for a memorial before the Lord continually. So, you know, this idea of him bearing the burden of mm-hmm. the people in their mm-hmm. sin, and yet carrying them over his heart, tied on so tightly yeah. they will not come loose. Yeah, it's such a great picture. It's a beautiful picture. The name of every tribe is written in two places, on the high priest, yeah. on his shoulders, and over his heart. Yeah. So one speaks of perhaps judgment, and the other speaks of God's love. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I've always thought about the fact that, I mean, literally as the high priest would walk around and people would see him, they would look for their stone, <laughs> you know, which you <laughs> could, could see be, on the breast piece. If but they you, knew by tribe which stone was attached yeah, to that. Yeah, but you couldn't see the engraving on the shoulders, but you could see that. You could right. see that. And so it was, a, it was a very special kind of signal to those who watched him saying, you know what, Aaron is going to now go into the presence of God and he's carrying our name into the presence mm. of God. And you can tell that by the the very unique stone right. that's on there, and so it's. I think it's just a very personal connection uh, for the people to say, you know, we are represented, and there's our stone right there. I think mm. it's great. And you know, they were they were beautiful and fairly large. I would think large, precious stones, so yeah. they would be visible. I think they would be visible, and and they're all distinct. I think that's right. why he right. did it that way. Instead of having all the stones be the same and write twelve names on them. Right. Distinct characteristics. Distinct characteristics. Although I've always wondered, and this is Jim's stupid wondering about technical things, but how do you scratch a name on a diamond? Well, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. With another diamond. But I don't know. I know. But uh, but, they, but they did it. So there's, there's 12 stones, 12 different stones, 12 names on them. Okay. But it's possible that it didn't look like the diamonds that we think yeah, of as diamonds could be. today. Could be. Well, anyway, let's, let's press on. Let's press Verse on. 22, he also made the robe of the ephod woven all of blue, and the opening of the robe in it was like the opening in a garment with a binding around the opening so that it might not tear. Mm-hmm. On the hem of the robe, they made pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. They also made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates all around the hem of the robe between the pomegranates a bell and a pomegranate a bell and a pomegranate around the hem of the robe before ministering as the lord had commanded moses okay so now we have the high priest decked okay so but you remember back in chapter 28 it tells us why he had bells on the hem of his robe mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they could hear him moving it says so that he they will be on Aaron when he ministers and its tinkling may be heard when he enters and leaves the holy place before the Lord that he may not die that he may not die in other words they can hear him moving in there so they know <laughs> right. that the the ministry work is going on right. he has right. not been 
struck dead. Yeah, I, I think it's a twofold reassurance too, because firstly, it's it's not only the fact that he's still alive, because right. you go into the presence of God, you know, <laughs> that's a sobering thing. But uh, but the second reason is that you can, although you can't see what he's doing, you can, you can hear, hear that it. he's doing it for you. Yeah. yeah. And so what a great representation, just having this constant sound inside. You know, that's interesting, because when Jesus was talking to uh, Nicodemus at night, he says, you know, you mm-hmm. that that's the way it is with the Spirit. You can't see it, like the wind. You right, can't like see it, but you hear it moving in the leaves of the trees. Yeah, you see right? the effects so of it. Yeah. You see the effects of it, yeah. yeah so it's, a, it's just a great reassurance. It's great. Thing. I have never figured out the pomegranate part of it. You know, and I, I think we talked about, about a little last that, time. A little bit. It, a around pomegranate. The edges. Yeah, it only really shows up either as food or here. Well, and it's also not uh it's not something that's in the rest of the tabernacle. There's no pomegranates that I can remember in any of the I don't the remember imagery. them being in any of the description. Yeah, I think it's just here. But you know, if you know anything about a pomegranate, it's a single whole beautiful red fruit, but when you break it open, there are countless seeds inside. Oh, and full of seeds. It's and so all I seeds. wonder if there isn't some little connection there of being one and yet being many. Could be. Uh, but, you know, we can't make a build a theology on that. But it's an interesting symbol that it only shows yeah, up here. Yeah. And if you ever visit Israel, actually that symbol shows up in a lot of decorations in kitsch that you get for tourists and stuff like that. It does. Well, it's, it's pomegranates. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, the juice of the pomegranate is red. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that the color red in scripture is very uh, symbolic too. So I don't know. There's a lot of interesting ideas, perhaps, but we're not given anything concrete as yeah. to why it's pomegranates around the hem of the high yeah. priest's robe. Yeah, yeah. And okay, it's, it's colorful. So as the Lord had commanded Moses, there's number as five. As the Lord had commanded they Moses, they also Good. made the coats woven of fine linen for Aaron and his sons, and the turban of fine linen, and the caps of fine linen. So these are all the other priests also mm-hmm. get special clothes, his but they're sons. not anywhere near as ornate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. And the linen undergarments of the fine twined linen, and the sash of fine twined linen, and of blue and purple scarlet yarns embroidered with needlework, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Yeah. So if you recall, you go back to 28 again, chapter 28. Right. There's a specification for Aaron's sons, who will also operate as priests, you know, under his leadership. But uh, their specification isn't as detailed or really quite as colorful either. No. Or it's definitely no, the, not as involved. The high priest is a standout figure. He's it's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And it's and it's clear by the way that all that clothing is put together that they, they exist to support what he's doing. Right. right? So... Uh, so this is really an important deal about how Aaron is dressed and now all the other guys, pretty much his sons, are also the same Okay, way. so they all have turbans, but mm-hmm. in verse 30 it says, And they made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote on it an inscription like the engraving of a signet, Holy to the Lord. And they tied to it a cord of blue to fasten it on the turban above, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Right, right. So, you know, again, back in chapter 28, when it talks about this gold mm-hmm. uh, this gold badge on the front of the turban, it says, and it shall be, this is verse 38 of chapter 28, it shall be on Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall take away the iniquity of the holy things which the sons of Israel consecrate with regard to all their holy gifts, and it shall always be on his forehead that they may be accepted before mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. For whose benefit does that say holy to the Lord? Does God need a label? Or is it for <laughs> the people? I I think it's kind of I think it's multi 
to tell you the truth. I mean, the fact that it's it's so prominent on the high priest, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you, I always go back. We have to make sure we understand what holy means. It doesn't just right. mean doesn't mean sinless. Uh, holy always means set apart for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So every time you see the word holy, think there's a purpose in in going on here. There's a purpose in this picture, and as well. Uh, this thing is marked as being set aside for whatever that purpose is. So, I mean, very clearly, if you look at Aaron, he has been set aside for the purpose right. of being the high priest. And the fact that it's on on his head and not an armband or something like right. that kind of tells you that everything that he thinks about and he pursues, I mean, all that who he is, is dedicated to this one job, this one purpose, and it's solely for God's purpose and not his own. So he's holy to the Lord. But then there's also the effects that he has on the nation. You know, they're set apart also by God. Because what he is doing is making them holy. Exactly. Because he's yeah. carrying the blood of the sacrifice yeah. into the holy of holies. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I think it's multifold. But I think it starts with him. He is God's agent. He has a purpose that's actually printed on his forehead on a piece mm. of gold. And his purpose is to be the intermediary between God and a sinful people. Well, and I love that back in chapter 28 again when it says, and it shall be on his forehead that they may be accepted. That they may be accepted before right, the Lord. Right. So, you know, there's a there's a, an amazing verse in Leviticus 26, 11 that says, uh, when God is speaking to his people, moreover, I will make my dwelling among you and my soul will not reject you. Right. Right. You have been accepted. Right, right. And the thing that causes us not to be accepted is our sin. Is our sin. And uh, but God reassures Moses when they you know when they go the second second time around in the covenant he says I'm slow to anger you know I I I let sins go uh, you know I'm quoting for Exodus 34 out of my head <laughs> <laughs> freely paraphrasing but I mean yeah so that's what we're talking about the fact that God God Himself is the one who takes care of the problems that we have imposed on ourselves and as a result we're accepted based on what God does for us mm-hmm. yeah. So all of this sets me in mind of the ministry of Christ, because we know that Aaron yes. is serving as a type, a picture right. of Christ when he's serving as the high priest. Mm-hmm. He is carrying the sacrifice for our sin. He carries the burden of right. our sin on his shoulders. He carries our names over his heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hebrews tells us that he entered the Holy of Holies and anchored the way open right, for us right. there. Well, we know that Aaron had to come and go once a year. But but our Lord Jesus Christ entered the Holy of Holies one time for all, mm-hmm. carrying us. We are in Christ. Right. So in this picture of the high priest wearing the names of the people, it's a it's like a a coloring book picture yeah, of yeah. the identity of the people he's representing being in him. Yeah, as he goes about yeah. his ministry. Yeah, and and I, it's not lost on me either the fact that uh, Aaron and the high priest he looks a lot like how the the tabernacle itself is decked out, and the mm. and, and the, the tabernacle, colors and the, the colors the and the linens mm-hmm. and stuff like that, especially the colors and the decorations. And so, it, it, what it's trying to tell you is, you look at him and you say, well, he's not 
totally from here in he a way. He belongs here. Yeah, he <laughs> he's a man, but he seems to have a foot in heaven because the tabernacle is kind of reflecting heaven. It's got pictures of cherubim and stuff like that. So the high priest is definitely a guy that's in between. He he not only is fully in the world, but in some way, which is what his robes look like, it tells us he also is part of heaven. Hmm. He's also part of where God is. So he is the only one in this entire entire scene that has a, a, a dual place. He's both in the world and both in heaven, in a sense, as that intermediary between us and the world hmm. and God. And so he clearly has a role that's the in-betweener. He's the intercessor, and that's why the intercessor has to have access not only to where we are and our sins, but also into the presence of God. And his clothing says that. It matches God's house. Hmm. And that just brings to mind that verse from, is it uh, Timothy or Titus? It says, and there's one mediator between God and men, the man yes. of Christ Jesus. The there's Christ only Jesus. one high priest. Right. And so if you heard our broadcast on Hebrews, <laughs> you know that the high priest is a powerful picture of Jesus as our high priest, who both as man and as God is suited to be in both places and as a suitable intermediary because he, he is both fully man, he's where we are, and he's in the presence of God. And that's what Aaron does right here in the tabernacle. And his ministry, our, our Christ our high priest, is constant and never ending. Yeah, exactly. Right? Whereas Aaron's ministry was going to end when he died and his right, sons right. would take over. Yeah, right. right. But but the ministry of Jesus as our high priest and the result, lives forever. The result of what Jesus has done for us is God does not reject us when we come into his presence. No, as a matter of fact, there's this incredible verse in uh, Revelation 22 in the picture mm -hmm. of when God puts everything right. Yeah. I won't take time to read the whole thing, but in 22 when it says, and there shall no longer be any curse and the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his bond servants shall serve him. Okay, that's mm. us. Right. And right. they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. On their foreheads. Right. Well, that's where the high priest was marked with holy, holy, holy. Holy to the Lord, yeah. And I'll mention one passage I love too. When Jesus was in Nazareth and he started his ministry, he read Isaiah 61. Yes. And at the end of the section, which we don't think he read, but it's in that section, it says that, that about us, you've clothed me with garments right. of salvation and covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. A lot of connections to so the picture that I So go read Isaiah 61, because I actually yeah. had that passage in front of me, too. Yeah. Oh, we are so out of time. We are so out of time. <laughs> well, at, at this junction, we've finished making everything, and so next week, we start figuring out how to put it Together. up. Together, Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. And the big test will be, after we put it up, will God show up? So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're glad you're with us on More, More Than, Than Inc. Inc. There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website, morethaninc.org. And while you're there, take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. This is how it goes. <laughs> This has been a production of Main Street